0: Good
1: afternoon and welcome. Well, lots of developments around the world related to the novel coronavirus. As you heard in Bob's news, there are three confirmed cases here in Ontario and 62 under investigation. Two of the Canadians aboard the cruise ship quarantined off Yokohama, Japan, have tested positive and were taken off the ship to be treated in hospital. Uh, the rest are confined to their cabins. Passenger, Paul Mirko, who is diabetic,
0: talked to the CBC. I'm calling a cabin arrest. It's a three-meter by five-meter room, and uh, we can't leave. We got a form left at our door and we're supposed to fill that out and um, hopefully Ministry of Health will provide medications before everything runs out. I brought extra with me so I'm, I'm good for four or five days but that is a concern.
1: Meanwhile, Canada's chartered plane has landed in the virus-stricken city of Wuhan and the evacuation is underway. They haven't left yet and they will be quarantined for two weeks at CFB Trenton when they arrive. This morning, as you also heard, we received the terrible news of the death of the Chinese doctor who sounded the alarm about the virus. Globally, there are more and more restrictions on people traveling from China Hong Kong will soon quarantine everyone who arrives from the mainland. For all the bad news, there may also be a silver lining. In the past week or so, there's been a drop in the number of regular flu cases, as people take more precautions. According to the Angus Reid Institute, half of Canadians are taking some form of extra care, whether that's washing their hands more often or avoiding public places. I want to hear from you. Have you changed the way you do things because of this? 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 4, 740. Right now, let's go to Dr. Lauren Babiak, who is an expert in infectious diseases, and Dr. Sohail Gandhi, the president of the Ontario Medical Association. Welcome and thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank Our you
2: buddy. for having us.
1: Okay, so first, according to the latest figures from early today, the number of confirmed cases around the world jumped by more than 3,500 to 28,018, and the death toll rose to 563. Dr. Babiuk, do you think that this is the peak of it, or are could we expect to see more and more big jumps in the numbers like this?
3: Well, it's hard to say, but it, it probably will peak in about another, uh, if It's if not peaking yet, uh, it probably might peak in about five or seven days because uh, what happens is they have uh, started to take very strict precautions to restrict the movement of people and the contacts. Uh, and so I anticipate that this should start leveling off within the week.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh And uh, do you think we've, we've seen very few cases here in Canada, Dr. Babiuk? Do you expect to see a spike here as well?
3: No, I don't uh, see that, again, because... Uh, we're uh, monitoring people that uh, are coming in from China. Uh, I think a lot of people are very uh, aware of what the symptoms are and what the issues are. So I think that uh, we may get uh, a couple more cases in Canada. But I, don't, I do not anticipate a uh, large spike in uh, Canadian cases.
1: Dr. Gandhi, have your patients shown to be very concerned about this, changing their habits, things like that? Yeah, so there's
2: certainly a lot of uh, news media about this particular virus. Uh, and I think the, the one good thing that comes out of it is something that you pointed out earlier, Libby. Uh, we should all during flu season, because remember, we're kind of in the midst of flu season right now. Uh, according to the Health Canada website, there have been about 18,000 confirmed cases of the flu so far this flu season, and we have about four to six weeks left to go. Um, and to the extent that this might convince people to wash their hands before they eat, cover their mouths before, you know, when they cough, uh, take extra precautions with disinfectants, do all the things basically that your grandmother told you to do, right, to protect you from getting sick. If that helps reduce the risk of flu, I think that's great um, because we, d- we certainly don't want that. And, uh, again, the numbers for coronavirus in Canada are quite low, as Dr. Babic had pointed out.
1: Uh- I just want to go over some of the other things that was found in this Angus Reed poll and again audience i'd like to know what you think and the numbers are 416-360-0740 toll free one 866 740 so half of the people they polled said they would cancel any plans to travel to areas in and around china that have been most affected and but only 1 in 12 said that it would not affect their travel decisions at all so uh, people, are you thinking of restricting travel? Uh, You know, one of the things that is becoming evident is that there's going to be a big economic impact from this. And there have also been some very unfortunate incidents of, of racism and Chinese businesses here being boycotted. So I'd like to know what people think of that. And Dr. Babiak, the quarantines that are happening, and they seem to be, uh, you know, uh, there there seem to be more of them. Hong Kong is about to quarantine everyone who comes from the mainland. Do you think that's an overreaction?
3: Uh, It's hard to say if it's an overreaction. I think maybe we should put this into perspective. If you look at the uh, percentage of uh, deaths due to this novel coronavirus it's actually significantly lower than it was for the h5n1 influenza and influenza people die uh so we don't overreact to that this is novel so it's it is a bit of an overreaction but clearly we don't know enough about this virus uh, yet the transmission rates the uh there's what's uh, called a uh, transmission rate if it's below one It'll die out if it's above one. Then it'll continue to uh, to propagate. How, how so do you measure... we don't know all of this information yet. Uh, it's probably better to be cautious than uh, overly cavalier. But uh, uh, you know, the jury's still out on whether we're overreacting or not.
1: How do you quantify that transmission rate?
3: Well, for every one person that's infected, you look at how many contacts they have and how many contacts get the disease uh, or get infected. And again, there's another issue. Uh, Many people get exposed to infectious agents, but not everybody gets sick. Uh, I'll give you an example. If you happen to be in a room uh, with 20 people and one person is coughing and has an infectious respiratory disease, it, I would uh, say that all 20 people got exposed to it, but only a small percentage will actually get infected and show disease. And the reason for that is is we have a very uh, rapid, what we call innate immune response. It responds very quickly to invaders and kills them before they get uh, established. Uh, and so I think that's really the issue that we don't know how many people that actually get exposed to it will show symptoms yet. Uh,
1: and I think there's there's also the issue, Dr. Gandhi, of how it's transmitted. Is it transmitted uh, from uh, person-to-person contact? I think they figured out that it is. But can someone who is not symptomatic inve- infect someone?
2: I think the short answer to that is the information is still coming in on the asymptomatic part that is to say if someone has no symptoms whether they can transmit it i and it, that information is evolving. Uh, my understanding is that this particular uh, disease is more easily transmitted through contact than through what's called respiratory droplets so through by coughing and that's why it's actually more important to wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, uh, certainly before you eat, after you go to the bathroom. Uh, you take all the usual precautions that people uh, have always to talk, taken as far as cleanliness goes because that protects you from every virus, right? Because the coronavirus being a virus uh, will be transmitted in similar manners and so these kind of measures are protective for everything, and particularly, as I mentioned earlier, since we're in flu season, it'll help you protect you from getting the flu as well.
1: Now, I want to go over some of this hand-washing, because I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, I think most people don't necessarily wash their hands the right way, because there are some websites, they say you have to wash your hands for quite a long time, and, you know, get in in between every, I mean, just do it probably more thoroughly than most people do, is that right?
2: Well, you know, I think any hand washing is better than none. Uh, I think that certainly using just, a, you know, even just using soap is better than just hand washing just with water, as some people do. So just use soap, wash, wash your hands, and I think for most people that that should suffice.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, do you think that it's a, probably a good idea for people to restrict their travel plans?
2: So I would suggest it's probably an abundance of caution. Uh, I think, as Doctor, uh, as my colleague had said, we're being extra cautious because this is something new. Uh, so I think there's an abundance of caution traveling to an area that uh, the virus is coming from. I think you know people are being very cautious, and I suspect that's appropriate. If you're going to restrict travel to elsewhere in the world, I don't think that at this point in time, to me, doesn't make any sense to do that. But certainly traveling to uh, the area where it's uh, come from probably makes sense in terms of uh, restricting travel for now. Uh,
1: Dr. Babiak, what about those quarantines on the cruise ships? I mean, you know, your heart has to go out to those people confined to cabins. Some of them don't even have a window in those very small cabins, uh, I mean, you've got to wonder, those people might be going stir-crazy soon. But in addition, there's the question of whether they get their medication if they need medication. Uh, do you think that's an abundance of caution, or or is that you know the right way to deal with it?
3: Well, the problem with cruise ships is you're really in a very confined space. So, again, Dr. Andy said a lot of this virus is spread by uh, uh Contact or transmission. So you, if you don't have contact with people that are asymptomatic or are symptomatic, then that's going to reduce, restrict the, uh, the transmission. So yeah, it's not a very pleasant thing to be, uh, locked up in a, in a room. Uh, but that's really the, almost the only way to prevent transmission on such confined, uh, restricted areas.
1: And what about the people being evacuated? They're going to be taken to CFB Trenton on their return. Uh, And what about that plane ride, Dr. Gandhi? Do you think there's danger in, in being on the plane, even though there are a lot of precautions on that plane?
2: So, uh, you know, I would suggest that dan- the danger is extremely low. I'm not even sure I'd use the word danger, frankly. The the one case that came to, the first case, I believe, that came to Sunnybrook was uh, a fellow who was on a plane. And I believe the second case was his his wife, if I remember correctly. And when you think about it, there's 300 people on a plane, closed, confined quarters. And if the virus could only get to someone and his wife and the other people were tracked down and checked and they don't have it from my understanding boy i got to tell you that's that doesn't really sound like a particularly uh, virulent uh, virus virulence is the most important term i would suggest it refers to how deadly and how strong a virus is and uh, it certainly doesn't seem that way from uh, from the reports that we're getting
1: uh that brings up the whole issue that we seem to be seeing mild cases of this and very virulent cases of this. And there's also talk that some of the people who unfortunately died are people who had pre-existing health conditions. So would you say that it um, it depends on uh, the health of the person or could there possibly be two different kinds of strains of this where one is really, really bad and one not so much? Uh, No,
2: I mean, any virus, uh, this happens to be new, of course, but any virus can cause mild symptoms or it can cause severe symptoms. And, uh, you know, I keep going back to the flu simply because, honestly, that's the one I'm personally more concerned about for my patients and their health. But we see people who get the flu and who have relatively mild cases, and we see people who have more severe cases. Now, I don't know about the health history of the physician in China that you referred to earlier in your report the information that i have is that people who uh, sadly have lost their lives associated with this virus have generally been people who've had uh, significant health issues or who've been uh, either very old or very young people who are generally immune compromised
1: yeah, he i've seen a picture of him and he seemed not to be very old and uh, it was interesting because there was a story about him, and he found he was on to this very early, and the authorities tried to shut him down Hmm. uh, before they decided to be a little more open about this. You know, you're talking about the regular flu. Uh, We've heard this anecdotally, that people are taking more precautions. It seemed that before this happened, the flu was on a trajectory for it it to be a bad flu year with an increase in cases. Have you seen, in your experience, Dr. Gandhi, any drop in regular flu cases in the last very little while?
2: Uh, No, it's been so far a fairly average flu season in my neck of the woods, but again, it's probably a little too early to tell whether this is going to be an expanded season, I think you're going to need a couple of more weeks of of data. Um, And as I mentioned on the Health Canada website, it said it was about 18,000 confirmed cases this year, which to my mind is, is a typical season so far.
1: And Dr. Babiak, what about you on that note? Are you expecting that there might be a drop in regular flu because of this?
3: I'm not sure that I can comment. I think that what Dr. Andy said is people may be more uh, aware and cautious and so now they're maybe doing, uh, using more uh, appropriate hygiene and so that might be a reason for the drop in if there is one. But I'm not in a position to comment on whether that's going to change or not. But I'd like to add something to what Dr. Gandhi said. Uh, you, uh, I want to reinforce the fact that uh, there are many, many people who get infected, but a much smaller percentage actually get sick. And this is because there might be some underlying uh immunological issues. As people get older, their immune system goes into senescence or slightly immunosuppressed. I don't want to call it immunosuppressed, but it's not as robust as it was when it's younger. So that's, again, where a lot of the older uh, people uh, that get influenza suffer the disease more than... uh than people with a robust immune system
1: okay uh and uh what is your message to people about this i mean there's been you know we're having briefings by public health officials basically every day it is it you know do you think it's worrying people more than it ought to who wants to take that Um, so
2: I'm going to give the same message that I gave earlier and that I give to all my patients. And that, that really is basically a version of listen to your grandmother, right? Like we should always be washing our hands before we eat. We should always be covering our mouths when we cough. We should always be, um, you know, staying home if we've got a little, uh, if we've got a fever or cold-like symptoms, because you don't want to transmit this and give uh, any virus, regardless of whether it's this novel coronavirus or something else. You just don't want to give it to anyone, right? You don't want to spread it. So all of those things, uh, I think people should do. If, for whatever reason, the news stories around this virus, get people to follow those rules a little bit more strictly, I think that's generally a good thing, uh, simply because that's what we should be doing all the time.
1: And Dr. Babiak, what would you like to leave us with?
3: Yeah, I would like to uh, fully endorse that. And I guess what I would like to leave you with is uh, I've been accused of being a missionary for vaccination. We have effective vaccines against influenza yet we have a large percentage of our population does not get immunized. And I think that is, again, first step number one, is get immunized and you're going to reduce your risk of having severe influenza. So that would be my closing message.
1: Okay. Uh, And just uh, before we go, one one further question to that. Uh, A lot of people are asking, does the regular flu vaccine protect them against the coronavirus?
3: No. No.
1: But they are working on a vaccine. Correct. Okay. On that note, we will wrap things up. Thank you so much, Dr. Lauren Babiak and Dr. Sohail Gandhi. Appreciate it very much.
0: Thank you. Our pleasure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.